We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in 10 seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are back, and we have a big episode today because the last what is it 48 hours i don't know ever since saturday the kansas basketball jayhawks have been putting us through the most stressful basketball games we've ever been through um but b turn i think we've 100 determined something and that is ochai is the best player in the country can anyone dispute that right now no i don't see how you can i mean cb was talking about it last night it's like night in night out He's just been unbelievable, and I feel like he's hit every big shot imaginable this year. At OU, he struggled all game, was scoreless. He hit a bunch of big shots there, and then obviously the last two games, he's been unbelievable, and he hasn't shied away at all. He stayed aggressive. K-State was finishing around the rim last night. Didn't even ha- didn't even flinch on the game tire and regulation, like just <clears> – <throat> Tawan handed it off to him, just pulled, and we talked about it before the pod, just one of the most pure jumpers we've I mean, ever seen. The noise that ball made as it went through the hoop, like you have to make a shot so perfectly for it to like – it was louder than the freaking crowd. Like that ball was so pure, the noise it made just echoed through the place. Like, yeah, the dude is on 
one of the best heaters you'll ever see a player be on at Kansas. Like even like Frank, obviously Frank was just uber consistent the entire time his senior year. But uh, I mean, did Frank ever have like a 35 plus night? I feel like Frank was just pretty, I don't know, by the book, get your 25 and five over, over. He never really, I'm not sure he ever had like a approach 40 type game. Doesn't matter. Frank was obviously incredible, but like, what I'm getting at is I, I really can't remember the last time we had a guy like Oach that's gone on this type of a tear where he just takes over with 29 against K-State, 37 last night. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's not like he's taking terrible shots and, like, just getting them up, chucking them. Like, his percentages are insane, too. Yeah. I think um, he was 10 of 18 against K-State from the floor, and then last night was 13 of 23. So – He's like what he's close to 50% from three. And yeah, he's like, I don't, I mean, when he's wide open from three, like how confident do you feel? It's like last night he took a three from the corner and I just turned to my cousin and was like, that's literally a layup for him right now. Like if he's wide open and no one's a couple feet from him, it's what it's gotten to the point where it is 1000% more surprising to see him miss than it is like to make like he, yeah, he's become like a, the college version of like a freaking Clay Thompson or something where it's like if you just give him room, if he has space and he's open, he's making the shot. Like it, it, there's – you don't have to stress about it. If you get him an open look, he's making it. And that's – I mean, I keep telling myself he's going to revert back to not – I mean, I don't think he's going to be worse. I just think shots might not fall – at as high of a percentage as they are right now, but I don't know, maybe not. Maybe he's just this good and that's not going to change. Cause like you said, he's not forcing shots. They're coming within the flow of the offense. They're coming with things that Bill's drawing up. Like, I don't know if you saw uh, Bill apparently put in a wrinkle to one of their plays. They have uh, where he knew that it's a play where they post Dave up shocker and they try to give Dave the ball in the post, and he knew that Oach's guy would be the one to help, and so he added this little thing where – I don't know. Either way, in Oach, and I guess in shoot-around, Oach was like, I'm going to be wide open, and Bill was like, yeah, you're going to be wide open. And Oach like, couldn't figure out how it was going to work perfectly, and that was the three you were talking about where he just darts to the corner, and there's not a soul there. And it's like, yeah. like that is a layup for him this year. Yeah, I uh, I actually just looked up Frank's stats. He had two th- games where he was at 30 on the dot, and then he had 32 against Iowa State. Yeah. Um, he had Because he had 30 against Indiana in that season opener, and then yeah. I think 30 against UMKC. So, yeah, he didn't even have a night like Oach just had. And Oach, I, t- I told my cousin, too, after the game, it's not like he was filling it up in overtime – yeah, he, he really got – I mean, he had 30-something at the end of regulation, I think. Maybe yeah, 31 or something like that. He, it, I mean, other than the three to tie it and a few free throws, I don't really remember him scoring in overtime. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you know exactly how many free throws he missed, but I think the career high by a KU player at Allen was 42, and he was God. some made free throws away from challenging that. I think he had to have missed, what, four? I think I was going to, I know we missed seven as a team, I think. So I would for sure, I can think right now, three or four off the top of my head. So yeah. One. It's just so annoying to think he, I mean, he should have got 40, no doubt it. I feel bad that he didn't, but either way, I mean, 
Yeah. We, we talked before we started this pod, like, what should we start with? Should we recap K-State? Should we recap Texas Tech? Let's just start with Texas Tech. It's fresh on the mind. Uh, other than Ochai, the things that kind of stood out to me about this game were, and I think it was the big story, Remy, for the first time in months, looked like what we wanted. I mean, I guess not really the score that we hoped to have from Remy, but he just looked like a point guard that's running the show. And we were playing with a different type of energy with Remy on the court. And the big debate has been why he wasn't playing more late, didn't play a single minute of overtime, didn't play the final four minutes. And Bill stood by that by saying, who are you going to put him in for? Um, I don't know. What did you think of Remy? Did you agree with not playing him? Are you on the side of let's trust Dewan? He's the one that's got us here. Or did you think maybe we should have sat Dewan late and let Remy try and run the rest of the game? No, I mean, I thought Remy was awesome last night <clears throat> on both ends. I thought his energy was amazing. And he had <clears throat> he had uh, five assists, too. So it's like – and it felt like he had a couple that – I think maybe there was like some smoked layups by the rim that he just was getting people open looks all night. His energy was crazy on defense. Like yeah. I think someone was talking about he didn't even give up a field goal the whole night. Like he was so active on defense. No one was blowing by him. And then it felt like every offensive possession when he drove to the rim, he got to the rim. He had a couple layups get blocked, but yeah, he was, I thought it was as good as he's looked all year. I know he had some games earlier in the year where he was, scoring 15 or so points but it's like last night he didn't uh, he came off the bench cold and then came in yeah. just with a ton of energy and he just gets fired up at the field house but it still feels like a game where Dewan it felt like he was pretty frustrating to me offensively he missed a lot of shots around the rim and it's like yeah I don't pay attention a ton on defense like I don't sit there and watch one person defend so it's like is Dewan one of the best defenders in the country? Like, it's not like – like, you talked about Marcus the other week and how Marcus had to be out there. Yeah. Marcus Stevens, the player of the year. He's one of the best – I think he might be the best defender we've ever had, but I don't yeah. – is Dewan like that defensively? Like, I because mean, that has to be why he plays. Yeah, I think, it, I think he plays – I think it's more than just defense with Dewan. Because, yeah, I mean, he's a good defender, but he's absolutely not Marcus Garrett level def- defensively. But – what you know you're going to get out of Dewan is he's going to run offense. He's going to make the right play with the ball. He's going to find the right guy. And I think where Bill has such a hard time with Remy is Remy can go rogue so fast. And we'll talk about it in the K-State game. But, like, there were, like, three straight possessions where Remy took some pretty ill-advised shots. And I think the the interesting thing about this whole Remy thing is I think – the K-State game, we were like, yeah, the guy needs to not be in the game. He was a liability defensively. He took awful shots. He wasn't running offense. But that completely shifted in the Texas Tech game. And I think it's like we are at a point where I think Remy has proven himself over the last four years of college basketball to where, like, if things are clicking and he's playing well, I think you can ride with him the rest of the game and maybe sit Dewan. But – you also, if Remy's not clicking and he's being wild and he's doing frustrating Remy things, you can take him out because you have a guy like Dewan that's going to be the calming influence. So, like, that's what was so frustrating to me. It's like we had the game under control with Remy running the show. Let him try and close it out. That's only going to help him in the long run. And instead, we went back to Dewan and things struggled. And, like, I don't think Dewan was the main reason we struggled like Dave missed a rebound, Oach missed a layup, Jalen missed a box out. Like the team was screwing up, but 
you cannot tell me that. I do not think that game goes to overtime if Remy stays in. Yeah, and it feels like you can deal with the crazy things Remy does when he played like he did last night because it's like he's given you a ton defensively. He's given you a ton as just a lead guard, getting guys open. He was getting guys really good looks under the rim because he was getting to the rim. So he got a lot of attention when he was trying to penetrate. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was 70-58 with, I think, over six to go, and they scored five points the rest of the regulation. It's like we – I know me and you would have melted down on Twitter because it's like you never lose at yeah. Allen Fieldhouse, period. That, but that to was going to be a shocking loss. Yeah, but to be up double digits at home and score five points the rest of the way when – because you think you're up 12 with six minutes, you're going to get fouled late, things like that. Yeah. But And you have Oach. And we were just on a roll. Once Oach dunked that, I didn't have any doubt in my mind we win that game by – like I feel like we cover the spread, we win comfortably. But, yeah, yeah I don't – I just – I feel like you can live with Remy. And it's not like he was chucking up deep threes and things like that. Like it was more so around the rim because he was beating his defender. He just got a few of his shots blocked out of bounds. But yeah. If anything, thought, Remy passed on shots. I thought he had a lot of good open looks that he just gave up and gave him this like oh how many assists you say he had? He had five and he had and four think, rebounds. So and I think C B missed some pretty wide open threes um that Remy set him up for. C B shot was off. That was fine. Um that'll happen. But like and then Dave I know had some opportunity like Remy could have easily had seven, eight, nine, nine assists. I know you could probably say that any night uh, guys yeah. are going to miss shots, but it's like that guy, he really gave us some energy that it felt like our offense hadn't had. I mean, even when we came back against K state, we had in it, we were playing hard. We were playing extremely tough, but like we weren't, I don't know. I wouldn't call us, high energy like up tempo that i guess that's what i need to say we had energy we just weren't playing very quick um with remy we were like we were just the ball was zipping putting up whatever what do we have 70 i mean putting up 70 on texas tech is impressive with six minutes left in the game so things were working i i get bill trust his guys but it is like if i were remy i'd be really frustrated after not yeah. getting to play the final 16 minutes because of overtime yeah because and I know we talk about I mean I've talked about him on the bench but he looked pretty frustrating and he had to just been sitting there like what can I do differently because what really did he do wrong last night you know what I'm saying like yeah. it felt like he was doing exactly what Bill wants him to do yeah he wanted him to come here be a true point guard get guys really good looks and give us energy defensively and it's like you know Remy's motivated coming off the bench right now so him to come in and play that well defensively is, I feel like, a huge step in his progress, you know? Because yeah. that's exactly what Bill wants from you. Yeah, and I guess that's the other thing we can take away from this game. Instead of being mad that he didn't play the final six minutes, we can look at it as, okay, well, this was a huge step in the right direction because he was really freaking good in the minutes he played. He helped us build a double-digit lead. Like, he was, he was good. So if we continue to build on that, it's fine, but it felt like one step forward, one step back when you sit him for the final 16 minutes of a of crucial moments. Like, I don't know. I felt bad for him because, like you said, he, he was doing what Bill wants. And obviously, Bill is 100 times smarter than us. That's why, I mean, the reason we have this podcast is so we can get on and say idiotic things like we <laughs> pretend to know more than Bill. It's fine. But. A lot of stats pointed the way of saying Remy should have played more. Eye test pointed the way of Remy should have played more. Um, 
But I mean, the thing it comes down to like literally Bill when asked when uh, I think it was Sam Lance, is that his name? I don't know. He asked him, did you uh, basically asked like, why was Remy not in the game <laughs> late? And Bill was just like, well, well, who was I going to take out? And then Bill was like, you can't play Dewan and Remy together because we, we, we got to get rebounds. Like Bill's brain can't register Dewan not being on the court. Like when he got that question asked to him, it never even considered Dewan not being the guy off the court. And so that's where I think Remy has a really steep hill to climb up because Bill has got unbelievable trust in uh, Dewan right now. Yeah, I know. I'm just like sitting here picturing like what Remy's sitting there even thinking about today. It's like, what more can he give Bill Self? Like, I feel like he doesn't even know what Bill Self wants from him right now. Yeah. it's Bill, Bill wants everyone to defend and just obviously, obviously just play hard. And that's what Remy did last night, like on both. He was so much fun. Like, I know your ass was sitting in the crowd thinking how excited you were about this team with Remy playing that way because they we just, looked awesome. They go to a whole different element. They're a different type of team with him. And DeWan is the perfect – calming influence you trust him he's gonna make the right pass he's gonna make the right place he's not gonna make mistakes but he doesn't take you to the level of just pure excitement excitement doesn't always win games but man it it felt like Remy was able it's hard to speed up Texas Tech and it felt like Remy was able to get that game going at a pretty good pace and did he not just seem like our best defender last night I know we pay a lot of attention to him because we know we need him to get going but I mean, when he was out there, he looked like he was playing harder than anyone. It looked like he was our best defender last night. Like He took, he took two charges. Yeah. Which... Yeah, and I love just watching him get going in Allen Fieldhouse. Like, he just is super energized, like screaming, yelling at the crowd, getting everyone hyped up and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know what he can do because Bill always has that defender on every team that he's just obsessed with, and you're going to probably play – 30 35 minutes a game if you can defend it's just yeah and this team doesn't seem great defensively besides probably dewan so it's like maybe he feels like if dewan's on the bench and they're not going to be able to get stops and things like that That's but true. it was super wild in overtime just glancing at the bench and you see dave and remy just sitting on the bench not even seeing the floor like kj's playing over dave and dewan's yeah. playing over remy that's just wild to me when it's almost february yeah, I mean, we got to talk about KJ. That was pretty awesome to see him. Yeah. I mean, Bryson Williams, dude, I don't watch a ton of Texas Tech, but that man does not do what he does against us, against anyone else. It's crazy. He looked like a freaking lottery pick. No, he us. absolutely did. He looked like one of the best bigs in the country, like in the lane, left-handed hooks, right-handed hooks, 15-footers. He hit I don't. Did he miss a three last night? I think he made he, four threes. I don't know if he missed one because I I know he hit a few in the first half and then he banked one late. Like his shooting percentage, I don't know. I'm going to have to look at it right now. But, yeah, he looked unbelievable. Hit like three threes and Dave was still not getting out there on him. It's like, what are you doing? It was just hilarious. I kept watching Bill four as like four. he – How much? Four for four. Guess what he was. Oh, that's three. gross. I saw that he. I saw a tweet that he hadn't made two threes in any games, like or, or he, I don't know, it was something absurd. Where it's like he had no business shooting that way. But he did that. He played for UTEP against us, and he dominated us. And then transferred to Texas Tech, and he's still dominating us. So the guy just has it figured out. I loved. Uh, I loved watching Bill. You'd see him. 
he'd give up a bucket and then you'd like Bill would like point to someone else to pick him up this time. CB, you try and guard him. And then he'd score on CB and then Bill would turn to the bench and be like, it was like he just had no answer. And finally, KJ was like process of elimination. And it's like, all right, we've tried Jalen, we've tried CB, we've tried Dave, we've tried Mitch. It's your time, KJ. And honestly, without KJ, we lose that game because we were not going to keep – we were not going to stop that guy. We finally started getting stopped when <laughs> KJ got in on him. So Yeah, KJ had an awesome stick back late too, yeah. which was a bucket. But, but uh, I remember it was like someone had a missed defensive assignment basically. It, it was Jalen, but he scored. That dude scored. Bill calls a timeout, and they're coming to the bench, and Bill just points at, K- at uh, Jalen. Just yells, you, that's you. I think like that was after times. he missed that box out on the free yeah, that, throw. Yeah, that too. But yeah, uh, Williams was fourteen for nineteen from the field. My God, yeah, he looked like the best big in the country. Like Literally. I said, left-handed hooks, making every jumper. Like, like I'm, I'm shocked they didn't just go into him every possession. Well, Felt KJ like they're dark finally. Okay, I mean, so it's funny. We sit here and we criticize Bill for not playing Remy enough, which I think is fine. I think he were allowed to have our opinions on that. But but then it's like Bill's also a freaking genius for playing KJ. Like, I guarantee there were – maybe not. Fans have been pretty high on KJ. But it's also like as absurd as it is to, to not play Remy late, it seems just as absurd to play your freshman that hardly plays in double overtime minutes. But it's like – that's why Bill's so dang good is to stick with KJ and give him that trust to take on that guy was just huge. And I think Bill said it after the game, other than Oates, KJ was the most important player in that game. So yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. I don't want to get negative, but this is what me and Bryce, who I, who I go to the games with, we're talking about. Have you thought at all about uh, two years down the road when Dewan and KJ are playing 37 minutes a game? And it'll be fun defensively, but I'm already a little stressed about the offense. But we don't have to get into a bunch of detail. I just wanted to float that into your head. We also got three McDonald's All-Americans coming here next year, which is super exciting. That got announced today. Yeah. And Jay Rice, Brady, and Uda. Ernest Ernest Uda. Is that how you say his name? Can you imagine Charles Barkley saying his name? His last name. (laughs) I just picture him because he's always yelling at Ernie Johnson. Ernie. The way, he, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that is. Kind of, I mean, it's tough to picture Dewan like developing a whole lot offensively, but yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, KJ's just gonna be the energy energy guy. Like he'll probably catch a ton of lobs and dunk a lot of balls, but yeah, not a whole lot of offensive. Uh talent i've seen from kj so far but i mean the dude might be able to get eight to ten a game just on freaking garbage points putbacks and offensive rebounds and catching lobs so like yeah i mean it could be fine i just i was saying the reason we talked about that i was like it's kind of wild to think kj maybe not next year but the year after by the time kj is a junior he will be playing every minute of every game because bill is going to love him yeah, that's the thing about Dewan and KJ. Like, Bill's going to be obsessed with both those dudes. Yeah, I mean, and they're not going anywhere. It feels like we're going to be pretty loaded next year at 
feels like. Um, I mean, you should get what CB and Jalen back. Also, we'll see, it'll be interesting. I'm not, I'm not convinced they both come back, but I think I always say that. I'm always on the, I always try to assume guys leave more than I do assume they come back. And this year's prime example of. I was very wrong. I thought there was no chance Ochai was coming back. So I mean, how much money did he make himself by that one decision? I mean, literally millions upon millions, like maybe 10 plus million dollars. I don't know. And I mean, if he goes lottery, then you got to factor in endorsement deals and stuff like that. Like it could end up being like $20 million worth of just compensation that he earned by deciding to come back and doing this. But he's still got work to do to be yeah. a lottery pick, I think. Yeah, I mean, think just think about – he's a little older, but just think about his potential and his frame. Like, I could see a team taking a shot on him in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that sucks. If he was if he was a little younger, he'd be a no doubt. Like, if he was a freshman, which obviously easy to say, but, like, just if you just look at him, you take age out of the picture, he's a no-brainer top five pick. If you just look at talent level and potential. But – um I, don't, I mean, where is he at in Knox right now? It feels like he should be a lottery pick. I, I know saw Duarte, some. Duarte for Oregon was one, and he's he was like 22, 23 coming out. Yeah. And I mean, like uh, Mitchell from Baylor last year shot up the boards and ended up going like eighth. So, I mean, if you, if you play consistently enough and just show that you're a good basketball player, you're going to get drafted high. Like, I mean, age can only deter you. A certain amount it can't just completely take you out of the lottery but uh i mean speaking of oach's uh nba potential we gotta talk k-state game and i'll be honest i think I, had we recorded this before the texas tech game i would have told you this was my favorite ochai game of his career because me and you have said this all year and i think i repeat this every pod but it's like can oach be the guy that goes and gets a bucket when things aren't going our way and not only did he do that, but he scored 29. And how many jumpers did he make? Like two? He was two for eight from three. Yeah. And he, the rest was taking the ball to the bucket. I can't even – if you tell me that last year even, if you tell me Oach is going to get 29 points in a game and two of them are going to be off jumpers, I'm not believing you because it just wasn't in his game. He did not have that. And so I loved seeing that. Yeah, I mean that's the that's why I'm so excited about him right now. Like he's doing everything, yeah. and late in that K State game, it was all around the rim. Like obviously the game winner, and then a tough layup before then where he like showed a ton of emotion again, which you love seeing that from him. And yeah, hitting big threes over and over, like taking deep ones, hitting them, and shit. He even missed. He got fouled on a three early in the second half, missed all three. So it's like he could have even had. He should have got to 30 for sure, but yeah, yeah, he's I mean, even last night, just mid-range pull-ups. It's fun seeing him get to the rim a lot because it felt like he didn't beat a lot of guys off the dribble his first three years here. No, and it, I mean it 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 opens up the rest of his game. Like I feel like he used to be a fairly easy guy to guard because as long as you just took away the jumper, he wasn't gonna try to attack on you. But now you have to be ready for either one. And so I think that like oh yeah, the K-State game got me pretty dang excited for like I've questioned if Oates could be the guy you put your team on your back you lead them to a final four like I've questioned if he had that ability but he does I'm not a doubter anymore like that dude as Bill Self would say is a bad bad boy I mean I don't know if it was like prisoner of the moment 
situation last night, but Bill in the locker room saying that's the best performance he's had under him. Like, I mean, Bill's a I mean, classic prisoner of the moment guy, but if it is to Oach in the locker room, and it is to his team. So it's like, yeah, he's going to hype him up, but it's like, it's got to be, I mean, it has to be one of the best. I'm trying to think. I mean, in Allen Field, like, that's the crazy thing is when you think of, uh, the Wiggins 41 and the Elijah 39, those were away from home. So, like, if you sit there and just think of Allen Fieldhouse performances, I mean, it was the and most since 1991. So, our lifetimes, we have never seen a guy go off like that in Allen Fieldhouse. Dude, he nearly hit that game winner, too. That thing was online. I know. I was pretty shocked Bill uh, drew up a play and settled for a three, but, like, that's how good – that's not what Bill does in a tie game. Like, Bill's normally sending a guy downhill trying to go get a foul. Yeah. And to see him just trust Ochai to run a play like that that took so much time to develop, like, you can tell he's kind of having fun with Oach, too. So I end up going right back to the Tech game. Yeah. Well, let's get to K-State. <laughs> I mean, first of all – Nigel Peck. Nigel Pack, that was outrageous. What if I would have told you before the game K-State was going to have 50 at half? How hard would you laugh at me? That was so stupid, dude. (laughs) Like, that was one of those where I was obviously annoyed, but I was also just, like, laughing as the game went on. Like, it was so stupid, the shots Nigel Pack was making. Um, And I kept saying, I was like, well – we keep it this pace, like we will win this game by double digits because there's no way K-State can keep up at this pace. But when we turned it over late in that first half and kind of went from – it went from kind of 8 to 9 to 16 at half, it was kind of like, whoa, did we just dig the hole a little too deep? Like I didn't know if we had the firepower to make that comeback. And luckily, we did. Um that second half was crazy. I can't remember a team a Bills like obviously we always play hard, but I can't remember a time we just completely bullied a team like we did in that second half on the boards. Yeah. I mean Jalen and Dave were insane around the rim. Like Jalen, even he would like not even securing rebounds, just tipping rebounds or and I think Haney had a tweet after the game. It was like if Oach would have missed that bunny, Jalen was right there for the stick back. Like yeah. I don't know if he would have grabbed it and scored, and it doesn't matter, obviously, but that's how active he was in that game. I think Dave had 15 rebounds. Jalen had probably 10 again. But, yeah, we were insane on the boards. It felt like we were going to get every offensive board. And I feel like if we would have lost that game, me and you would have talked about that possession where I think Remy missed a three short, got the rebound out to Oach for the wide open three, missed it short, got off the offensive rebound back out to Remy, wide open three short. It's like good it. I I want to I can't even remember what the score was then or how much we were down, but that just felt like three huge misses. But yeah, that shows how active we were on the boards there. There were so many deflating moments during the comeback. Like even Oach early in the first half, like we really hadn't even started the comeback for him to go zero for three from the free throw line. Like if you give Oach a hundred opportunities to shoot three free throws, like say he gets fouled on a hundred threes, him missing. All three, I bet, happens one out of that 100 times. I don't know. I'm sure statistics would lead you to the answer on that. But, like, that was insane. Anyone in the world almost. Three free throws? Yeah. Like, I think I make one of three in that setting. It was just my so only, weird. My only thing is, I, I believe we got an offensive board and Jalen hit a two. Yeah, we so got – yeah. So It was basically two of three, but it would have been Oach getting to 30-plus. 
Yeah. I mean, the come, I just love that comeback. It was such a Bill sell. I mean, it was so cool too, because like Bill, he emphasized like how that game was similar to how his dad lived his life of just like, I don't know, doing a little thing. Like it wasn't, we didn't come back with flashy three pointer after three pointer. Like we were just grinding, grinding and just doing the little things. And like you said, like Oach misses three free throws, but Jalen's right there to turn that into just one miss free throw basically. So yeah. it was, uh, that was pretty awesome. It just slowly, but slowly. And I don't know. So where, how did you feel? Did you think we were going to win? At half or at what point? Just like uh, more so like, so we cut it to eight pretty quick. Like at that point, I still was never convinced we were going to complete the comeback. I thought we were going to run out of gas because we were playing so hard. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't 100% convinced, but obviously you knew K-State was going to start missing shots. I was still pretty worried about Nigel because Nigel really is super good guard. Yeah. Um, God, I want to know what their shooting percentages were in the first half because I remember at one point it popped up and said 71 field goal percentage, and I was like, Jesus. I like think they shot, if I remember correctly, I think they shot 62% in the first half and – 29 in the second does that and come out like even, not even nigel in the first half is like that noel dude was making some of the craziest layups i've ever seen in my life yeah he was good he got uh, overshadowed shadowed by pack but yeah he was incredible getting in the lane um gosh i yeah because uh, like you like i said you knew they were going to keep making jumpers yeah and we would come out fast and it was just basically you had to question whether K-State was going to answer or not, and they kind of did. But, like, we just kept chipping away, like you said. I uh, Not to be another prisoner of the moment, but uh, I think the clip of the guys running out of the court and waving to the student section is my favorite non-basketball-related KU clip of all time. Like, <laughs> that might be prisoner of the moment, but I'm not kidding. I watched it <laughs> 150 you- times. That's not a joke. When you tweeted about it like a couple times after, I just pictured you on your couch watching it and pointing at it like that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio. Dude, I <laughs> loved it. I didn't even notice it when it happened because I was just at a bar. Um, with a couple, I was with my friends, and then there was like this KU table. It was so wild too because this KU table, like you know Derek Williams, and yeah. it was just a couple people that went to KU and. It's on ESPN Plus on the TV, but they somehow had a stream that was ahead of us. Oh, God. So when Oach made the floater, they start screaming. And then there was a K-State table. So I didn't know who was screaming or what the hell happened, but it was just like that's my head. my head was just turning the whole time. It's like the Bengals-Titans is on, yeah. and that affects the Chiefs. And then they were cheering like that the whole game, and it was ahead on the TV. So I was just like. I don't – I have no idea what just happened, but – That's fine. I would have left. That's my nightmare. So, like, when we hit that, I was just high-fiving them. I never saw the wave. But when you tweeted that video, I was like, dude, that is fucking – because that's kind of like a – I remember Elijah, his senior year, was, like, blowing kisses to him. And I remember, yeah, Elijah just, did it. That It's like those players just <laughs> obviously love messing with him. Like, I love the picture of Wayne Selden when he came out. Yeah. You know, that picture where he's just like smiling and there's a sign in the back that's like we hate you or something. Yeah. It uh <laughs> I remember the Morris twins back when they used to prank call our players after Sharon made that and one. They're like waving to the crowd, doing like call me like that sign. Like it's just always 
when the win is secure, we we do our trolling. We don't talk a whole lot of shit during the game, but when we pick up the win, it's like all all rules are off. And I feel like Bill secretly loves that stuff too. Like it wasn't like Bill was reeling our guys in, like, hey, go shake hands. He was he was letting it happen. Uh <laughs> Tehan is incredible in that clip. Like the that guy is giving the most evil smile and wave. Like it was just I love it because that fan base spends so much time talking and just I can't imagine what those dudes hear during warm-ups. So it's got to be just an all-time feeling to be able to troll them after watching them just piss down their leg. The best was the wave, and then after it, you see the guy with the fuck KU uh, shirt on. Dude, he, like, his day was ruined. Like, his weekend was ruined. He just had the grossest look on his face and put the jacket on, like, really slow. And But I was going to say earlier – um, is there any better way to beat K-State? Like, obviously, you want to blow them out, but, like, is there any better way to get that fan base's hopes all the way up? You have a 16-point lead at half. Yeah. And come all the way back and make the go-ahead jumper with, like, seven seconds left. Like, uh, I mean – their hearts out feels great. Yeah, it's perfectly said because I, I remember telling – I think I was talking to Alan about this. Like, the, the, the road game at K-State – is not as much a you don't want you don't I mean you obviously want to win the game but it's not like a game where you're like oh man like this would be huge it's more of a game like when you win it's like a huge relief it's like okay got that one out of the way you don't it's not a huge celebration it's just kind of like all right took care of business that was tougher than it should have been we move on but by doing it the way we did it like you said, it got their fan base all excited. It got them all hyped up. It, we were able to experience the feeling of, wow, this sucks. We're going to lose to this team while also getting to watch the comeback and watch just people that, I mean, are chanting FKU, doing what they always do, watch their dreams just die so fast. And the best part was, like, we never got the lead until Oates gave us the lead with five, ten seconds or whatever. Just so perfect. Because I know multiple, I know a few K State fans that actually live bet K, KU at halftime and ended up winning a good amount of money. But obviously, there had to have been plenty of fans that felt pretty good just the way they played in the first half. Nigel was, yeah. I mean, he ended up with 35. Like Nigel was playing so good that he had a chance to beat us himself. But yeah, they had to have had their hopes up a little bit, you would think. I mean, 16 point lead at a full, at a packed Bramlage and pretty crazy cl- crowd. So it's like, some of their fans had to have thought they were going to win at that point. Like, I know some were like, yeah, it's KU, top 10 team. We've seen this before, but. Yeah. It. Uh, oh, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I think K-State, based on their teams, had some meltdowns this year. And, I mean, it was obvious their shooting percentage was going to go down. But, the fun, I mean, if they just shoot 35%, they win that game. Like, they couldn't even shoot 30% in the second half, which we knew was going to happen. That first half. I saw uh, Jesse's tweeted out like that was their best. Uh, God, what's it called? I can't even remember the statistic, whatever that's called. Offensive rating. Yeah, I think it's what it is. Like it was the best they've had in two decades by a lot. Like it wasn't even close. Like it was not only the best they've had in two decades, but also they killed what they'd done the past two decades. So it was stupid. It was fluky. We all knew we had Bill Self. They had Bruce Weber. We had better players. We're the better team. We knew we were going to make it interesting. I just didn't know if we'd have enough time to erase a 16-point lead and 
win in that environment late in the game because you're going to race a lead but you still got to go make the plays late in the game on the road and that's always tough to do so this team not always beautiful but they are as tough as i mean it's only january and they are the toughest team in the country i think yeah um and we got to talk about something about that game because can i guess what you're gonna bring up (laughs) i feel like you know what i'm gonna bring up but i swear if we would have lost this game, we would have got on here for an hour and talked about this. Like, why, I'm not kidding. Why did Dave shoot a mid-range jumper with two <laughs> minutes on the clock? And that was, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Because, oh, I mean, wasn't it? the Ochai call. Oh, God. I mean, dude, I saw K-State <laughs> fans complaining about the refs late in the game. It's like, you cannot complain after a call like that. Just and I a straight-up made-up call. Like, you – that is a shooting foul in every rule. We've seen red face Bill a thousand million times in our lives. You have not seen a redder face Bill after no. that moment. He wanted to kill that ref. Like, if he, he could have was... went on the court, especially after the shit he's been going through. Yeah. He was so pissed, and they didn't have the audio where I was at watching the game, so you couldn't hear the announcers. So, at first, it felt like – I didn't know if they called it on the ground. Like, even someone I knew that was at the game, people around them said it was on the ground. Like, he was up – he's KU fan up complaining about the call, like saying that's obviously three shots. But then I guess K-State fans around him were trying to say it was on the ground. So, I didn't even know at first. But what when they keep know? showing up by eight feet behind the three-point line on the replay, obviously it was a shooting foul. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I just, think oh, – you sit like you've talked about it before. There's refs that go over the monitor a thousand different times in the last minute of games. Last minute of games can take an hour. It feels like, yeah. Like you go and look at those calls in that tight of tight of a game, and they didn't even debate it. And who even ruled it? Too like what were they? What were they seeing? What were they looking at? I don't like that. So hot. We're down three, and he gets two. He gets to go to the line for two. Yeah, I mean, the broadcast was making it seem like they thought Oach stepped on the line. So they, like, that's how sure everyone was it was a, a three point free throw or three free throws because, like, they, they weren't even considering it not being a shooting foul. They were only considering, oh, did he maybe step on the line? Is that why this is only two free throws? Like, it never even, granted, ESPN 3 plus is not the uh, best broadcast you'll find. But even though I thought these guys were decent, but like, still, they, they didn't even entertain the possibility of it not being a shooting foul. Like that hardly even got discussed. It, it initially live. I thought the refs literally just thought he stepped on the line and refused to go review it. And I was steaming. I was so mad. Um, so, I mean, I guess the argument is that Oach came, was it that he came down after he released the ball and hit it? But like, still that's always three shots. Yeah. And K-State fans were trying to tell me it, who cares? It was a it was a moving screen before anyways. It's like, well, they didn't call that. And the, the foul they did call, they didn't give us the right amount of free throws. Yeah. Like if we lose that game by one, my ass would have been talking about that call for a, a minute. Like it wasn't even close, dude. He was two feet behind the line. It was awful. I mean, that would have been such a devastating way to lose that game. <laughs> Uh, after fighting to come back. But it, it set it up to be perfect, though, because Oates makes two, we're down one instead of tied, and then it allows for us to just come down and take the one point. I don't know. Like, winning by – we won by two, 
but we went up one, which I just love. I don't know. Like, it was so funny to me that we didn't lead all game, basically, and to just go up by one less than 10 seconds left. And, yeah, I mean, they're always going to blame the refs. That's, like, their DNA. Like, bad teams blame refs. That's that's what they do. That's why. <laughs> because coming out of the second half, those refs called everything. We are yeah. in the bonus with, like, 14 to go. How about the ref show last night? I mean, my God, at times with the I hate, reviews. I hate when the foul differential is so different, too, that they just start calling fouls to make up the difference. What, what game did they do? Was that the K-State game they did that in, or was that a OU? I think it was OU, or we had, like, two fouls in the second half, which probably helped us. But, like, then all of a sudden they call three on us in one possession. It's, like, so obvious the refs are like, whoops, we messed this one up. And you know it's coming, too, because it's like last night, I believe second half, it was like seven fouls to two, and then they try to call two or three quick ones on us. It's like, you know the coaches are in the ears saying seven to two, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing about the K-State game is that Dave's jumper doesn't even shock me. Like, nothing he does shocks me. It's and he's like- just so confident. Like last night he shot a 15 footer wide open. Didn't bother me at all because he actually isn't a terrible shooter. And it was in the flow of the offense. Like it was a fine shot last night. (laughs) The one against K state. Dude, his brain just stopped working. I don't know how many more times I can say, like, I feel like Dave just forgets the game of basketball sometimes, but like, it was like, he had the ball, but like he shot so quick. Like it wasn't like a situation where you kind of get the ball, you turn, you look, you realize you don't have anyone to pass it to. And so you think, ah, whatever, I'll throw this up. Dave got that ball. It was like, this is the highest percentage shot. We can take this possession. I'm launching. Like he had no doubt that it was the shot we needed to take at that time. And it was, it was ballsy because you have to make it if you shoot it. And he did not. So how far do you think that jumper was? Like he seemed pretty close to the three point line. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't woman's line. Yeah, 18, it was 17-18. Yeah, probably a little short on that. But yeah, right. Around, I mean, it was deep. It was a deep mid-range jumper, deeper than the one he took last night for sure. Um what um what goes what went through your head right when you saw him pulling that? Just utter disbelief. Like I remember literally yelling, like, was, what is he doing? Like it was just that moment of like pure <laughs> disbelief like you couldn't like it was like i was missing something i was like was the shot clock at one was was that a dead ball and he was just throwing it up for fun like i could not figure out what made him shoot that ball and it was so frustrating because that whole half all you're thinking is oh this is gonna suck if we come back make this a game and then don't win like that would have been so awful i would have rather just got blown out so to think that at time at one point i thought we were gonna lose that game because dave took an ill-advised jumper Oh, I was going to be fired up. <laughs> what a savage. I don't like – it just feels like we're not going to get, like, solid Dave this year. I just feel like we're not – like, we just – he is what he is. I mean, he like, was I, so good, though, that game. Like, that's what was frustrating. He – it's like he had been so – he'd been what we wanted him to be, and then he just <laughs> does that. Yeah, because him and him – and, Dave combined or him and Jalen combined for 25 boards. So Dave had like 11 and 15 and Jalen had 16 and 10. So yeah, Jalen really good. Like he wasn't amazing last night. He made a couple of mistakes, but you can tell he's back. He's Dave, so you just solid. never know. Yeah. yeah. Dave's wild card. Jalen's going to be solid. Jalen's always going to rebound. He might not always 
get you points, but Jalen is back in the trust tree with Bill where it's like he's got to be on the floor in any crucial moment, which is huge because he was not there like literally two, three weeks ago. So it's huge relief. Um, gives me hope that Remy can get things going. Sometimes you're just in a funk. And I think we saw the beginning of the comeback for Remy, which I'm, I'm, I'm stressed that not getting minutes late kind of killed the killed the the pep he had in his confidence, the pep in his step. Like, I feel like he ended up, he should have left that game being very encouraged about his performance where instead I think he went home really frustrating, frustrated, which, which sucks for him. And I feel bad, but it's why, I mean, you come to Kansas, you got to know you're dealing with Bill Self and Bill Self is a uh, tough guy to play for. Yeah. I mean, I feel really, I don't know about really good, but I feel a ton better about Remy after last night, even though he didn't play late. But it's like maybe we could go lineups where it's what him, Dewan, CB, Oach, and Jalen, just because it really does feel like even I mean, shit, Oach had seven boards against K State. He had seven again last night. CB randomly had seven rebounds too. Jalen gets double digit rebounds. So it's like, those guys yeah. can rebound. So it's like maybe we could have lineups like that where Dave's in foul trouble or struggling to guard their big. Like, I feel like we could get away with not having a big in there with that lineup just because I feel like those guys can rebound. But I feel like there's got to be a way where we have Remy in there, even though he hasn't been amazing this year. It's just I love that spark plug and the energy and the experience he has too. It's like, yeah, guys, this is what, his fifth year in college? Yeah. Playing basketball. It's like been a 20 points per game guy at Arizona state. We're not going to get that out of him, but I mean, he does have the experience and this team has a ton of experience. Yeah. He, uh, still excited. Cause they, uh, you know, are they a one seed right now? They gotta be. It's early. I mean, well, they might be a two, but like whoever win, I've said this all year, whoever, whoever wins the big 12 is going to be a one seed. And frankly, like if Baylor or KU wins the big 12 with like four losses and that's it in conference play, three or four losses, they, sh- they should be the number one overall seat because the big 12 is so much better than every other conference. Did you see that graphic where it's like top 10 strength of schedules left in the country? And it was every single big 12 team in Kentucky. That was it. The conference is so good that every team in the league has a more t- or has a tougher schedule than everybody else in the country besides Kentucky. That's insane. Every game weird. is going to be a grind. And it's weird that it's the weird, the reputation the big 12 gets to do. And I don't know what it is. It's like, I think the thing for a while is the big 12 couldn't win national championships and didn't have teams go deep, or yeah. maybe it's because we're in the Midwest. Like, yeah, it's definitely- uh, like we're conference out East, but it's like, Hasn't a Big 12 team been in the national championship the last, what, two tournaments? Yeah, the last two tournaments. and Baylor and Tech. In the last three Final Fours, we've had a team there. KU was there in 18. Tech went to the title game. Baylor won the title. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I think for a while. But it's like you compare it to the Big 10. The Big 10 hasn't won a title since uh, Michigan State did it in yeah. like 2000. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's like, I mean, it's just a lot of idiots – try to discredit KU's Big 12 streak, too, because they don't think the Big 12's good. It's so weird to me. Like, yeah. remember that stretch where we went where we had to deal with, like, Beasley, KD, and Griffin? It's like, dude, Big 12's had some guys. Trey Young. Oh, yeah. He's like that. Like, I don't know what the deal is with people discrediting the Big 12, but 
I think I feel like there's been plenty of years where it's the best conference, but they just don't think it's good because KU won it 14 years in a row. So it's just I don't know. If KU goes 14 and four in the league and has five losses heading into the tournament, and Gonzaga gets a one seed over us, I will be or the number one overall seed over us, I'll be pretty pissed. Like four losses in this conference would be pretty dang impressive. Maybe if four is aggressive, three. If we lose three, we should be the number one overall seed, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We could easily so, lose six and freaking tie the conference at this rate. How big is it that we've been closing out these really close games? That's what I was going to say. Like, it's, I was trying to think how we feel about the remaining of our schedule. So, I mean, being able to have a win over at OU, at Oklahoma State, at K-State, both Tech games are done. Like, I feel like we're in a pretty good spot. I don't know how everyone else – so we've played four road games. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, K-State. Tech. Tech, yeah. So yeah, we've got five left. Yeah. Now, one of those is Baylor. One of those is Texas. Um, TCU's been good. Yeah. <clears throat> we're almost halfway done with our road games, though. That's And we're three and one. Yeah. I mean, K-State and Oklahoma State aren't the best teams in the conference, but it's also places we've – yeah. I wouldn't say we struggle in Bramlage. It's just always a big game, and some of them are really close. Yeah, but I mean, we're always less confident there than we are at, like, TCU or something. So but The stretch we got coming up is crazy, and it's obviously great to start with a win last night. Like, that game could have went either way. They took a five-point lead in one of the overtimes. Yeah, that's kind of what I was sitting there thinking. I was like, we just threw away such a great opportunity, like, to be – Kind of like you said, halfway through road games, you've taken – you're done with Texas Tech now, who's the third best team in the league, maybe the second best team in the league. I don't know. You're done with them. You've got them out of the way. Like, to split them, and had we got swept by them, it's just like that felt like a game that loses you the conference. Like, you melt down. You're looking back on that game in March. Like, can you imagine if we just hold that lead? So, to be able to steal one is huge. I think we're due – to lose a close game soon, which sucks. Honestly, if it's going to happen, I hope it's the one we have coming up on Saturday. I don't want us to lose to Kentucky, but if we were going to lose a game, it'd be better for it to be this one because it really means nothing, right? Like, I Yeah. I mean, it's obvious we hate Kentucky. I hate John Calipari for the most part. They beat us in a national title game, and it's huge for the all-time wins thing. But yeah. obviously we want to win the conference – People obviously, some people discredit winning the conference too because it's why. Why do you guys care so much about Big Twelve titles? But it's like it's an eighteen game conference with really good teams, so it's like pretty big deal to me. Yeah, Um, yeah, it doesn't affect the Big Twelve a whole lot, but yeah, the all times wins list and just I guess bragging rights feels like we've been really damn good against Kentucky lately too. So it'd be fun to keep that going. Is there an update on Ty Ty Washington? Is he going to play? I know he he got hurt against uh, Auburn. Um, yeah, that looked pretty bad. Yeah. Wheeler was getting hurt, too. I hope he plays. He's fun to watch, and I definitely don't want – like, I want to play him at full strength. That'll be more fun. Um, Does it not feel like it – I don't know. It feels like a game where Dave's not going to be in there late again. Dude, Kashibwe is going to eat us alive. Like, that – like, I'll be honest. If we were doing gambling, if AB was here, I think we're going to lose. Yeah, I think Ty Ty's a big 
Yeah, if he doesn't play, I don't know. Him, who's really amazing. I mean, they're not. They're a really solid team. I know, like Kellen Grady's a really good shooter. Yeah. Um, has been shit. We tried to get him. He's been pretty damn good. I wouldn't mind having him on this team. Ty Ty's good. I don't like. It's just not a. You know those Kentucky teams that are like really scary. This yeah. team's just that. It's like they're good, but they're not. Yeah, I mean they don't. What? They don't have uh, God. Like they don't even really have like a Tyler Hero. Like I know Tyler Hero is kind of a, I don't know, but he was a stud. Like that dude, kind of terrifying to play against. Uh, they don't obviously have. They don't have an AD. They don't have a Towns, a Booker. Like I don't know. They're they're good, but they're not at that ultra talented level. But uh, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm picking us to lose. And the reason I do is like I think we are just due for something to not go our way. We've had about as good of a luck and we've been tougher and we've executed better and we have the best late game coach in the country. So like it, it goes both ways, but I do just think they're going to dominate us on their boards. And uh, I think we lose a close one. It's going to be sad. And I would, I mean, I would say it's going to be close and we've won so many close games lately that you might be right. It's like K state, these last two games, I mean, could have went either way. Like, you can't yeah. argue that. K-State was up 16 and a half, and then – OU. I mean, we're, we're not even – we're a week removed from that OU game. It's crazy. Yeah, shit, that's three straight games, isn't it? Yeah. Four of yeah. our last five. OU came down to CB hitting a three in the corner. K-State came to Oach with seven seconds left, and then last night came down to Oach literally hitting a three. And Dewan made a basically a buzzer beater against Iowa State. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you, like we've we could easily be. That's gonna be huge for the tournament, though. Winning these close ones against I know. teams. Yeah, it's we're gonna be we we're gonna be so battle tested. We're gonna be event. We're have gone through every late game scenario you can possibly go to. So it's been huge. Maybe the Dayton game was a blessing. That shot going in. Now we're gonna win every close game. That's true. We got pretty unlucky in that one. So, um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, you got any thoughts or I don't know how you feeling on the Kentucky game? I mean, it's going to be a great game. It's at yeah. Allen. It's going to be, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be the craziest crowd of the year besides maybe Baylor. It's like our fan. That's such a, it's a game we play every year. Our fans have hatred towards them. Yeah. Like, like I said, it just feels like a bragging rights thing almost at this point. It doesn't affect the Big 12 a whole lot, but it would be – I mean, getting that all-time all -time wins thing would be awesome this year. Like, maybe it'll come down to the NCAA tournament where we win a couple more games than they do or something like that because we're, what, three behind them right now? Two, yeah. three, four? Yeah, I mean, that's what's going to be fun about the all-time wins thing is that once we catch them, then for just, like, as long as Calipari and self keep things rolling, like it's going to be back and forth. You got to think. So it'll just be fun to track that. Can you imagine meeting them last next year and it's tied. Or I want to meet them in the final four and it be tied. Like that's possible. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, how do you feel? It's not, we always say it's not a huge game because it's not big 12. And that's really what we care about more, but it's still a really exciting, fun game and it's college game day. I just, yeah, I have a weird feeling. I don't know. I have a lost feeling because they almost beat us last time they came to Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, 
I just feel like they're a bad matchup for us. But I don't know. If we can get Toshibwe, I mean, it sounds crazy, but hold Toshibwe to like 30 rebounds. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was literally gonna say like 13 rebounds. Like he's gonna get double digit rebounds, but we have to just avoid the fact that any stop we get has to turn into two stops because he gets an offensive rebound every time. But yeah, I mean Ty Ty playing obviously will have a huge impact. And uh I think we're gonna be gassed too. I guess it's good we have the long break, but Man, those guys last night have to be so gassed, those main five. But CB played 49 minutes. <laughs> That's so insane. He sneakily had 15, 7, and 6, though. I know. I, I was in the crowd like, man, what a, what a rough night for CB. He just hadn't had it. And then they pop his uh, stats on. It's like 15, 7, 7. I was like, oh, my bad. I'm an idiot. Granted, double overtime. But still, the dude just plays, puts up numbers. He's so active. He's pretty unselfish too. He just seemed he doesn't really put up that many shots. I think once his jumper gets going, he could be really scary. And this team could be scary because Oach, I don't see him. I mean, he's not gonna go for 30 every single night, but I don't see the jump shot going away. And then Jalen's starting to hit him. Yeah. Rim can't get worse on offense. He's four for 18 from the floor his last three games. That's insane. <laughs> but it's gonna get better. That's gonna get, get better. Yeah, that K-State game was rough for Remy. I was afraid we were not coming back from that. So it was a huge relief to see him play good against Tech. But all right. Well, man, what a week. What a uh, – you include the Chiefs in it. What a three-day stretch that was. Sports are fun when they go your way. Good Lord. Yeah, we could talk about the Chiefs game for a minute, but we've already went for a while. So yeah. might as well record tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's all we got, folks. Uh, Oach is the best player in the country. The Hawks are top to Big 12. And uh, a big one on Saturday, like B-Turn said, for bragging rights and uh, hopefully cut into that all-times win lead a little bit. But that's all we got. We'll be back probably to recap that Kentucky game. Probably not on Sunday, but maybe on Monday. So that's it. Yeah. Welcome Welcome you. Hey. I am your big brother. What do I have to say to the kids? Let go. Life does get tough. No need to stress. Hold you back too much. Let's go, I heard they found a solution Where will you be for the revolution? Get rough, no need to stress, keeps you down too much Wake up, I heard they found a solution Where will you be for the revolution? Hey, I am happy
talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.